Blog Talk Radio. everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Color Calendar, brought to you by Aura House School of Color and Light. I'm your host, Elaine Marie, and I will be your guide as we look through life's kaleidoscope to find the most colorful people and the most colorful events in the world. My guest today is Sarah Granahan, who says her passion is to help people rediscover their light. An energy healer and empath, Sarah is the owner of Color My Spirit in North Carolina. She is also the author of a novel, Coco's Gift, and Chakrula, an inspirational comic book series about a colorful super healer. Through energy work, writing, art, and other mediums, Color My Spirit was founded on the belief that every person has the ability to rediscover and reconnect to who they were meant to be. I asked Sarah about her own healing journey. I found that when I was in my 20s, I encountered a healing crisis of sorts. My body started kind of falling apart. I wasn't feeling well. I could hardly have enough energy to go to work and um, do the things I needed to do just to take care of myself being out of college and having an apartment in Chicago. And I didn't know what was what was going on, and that was really scary. I was going from doctor to doctor to specialist to specialist, and I kept being told, you know, your your tests are coming back, um, you're healthy, you know, maybe it's a thyroid thing, though, or maybe it's IBS, or maybe it's this and that, and then I'd get tested, and then maybe it's allergies, and test and test, and everything was fine. I was supposed to be a, a normal, healthy, young woman, but inside, I didn't feel that way at all. So at that point, I just had, I felt, I kind of hit rock bottom. I just didn't know what what to do. I was like, you know, it's not like an episode of ER on TV where you go to the the doctor and they diagnose you right away with, with what's going on and, and you get your medication, you have your surgery or whatnot, and then they send you home. Um, this was a little bit more challenging. So finally, actually, I had one physician tell me, you know, I think maybe this is all just in your head. And I felt like that was a little hard to hear. But then after that, I kind of started doing my own research online, trying to find if there are other people that were um, experiencing what I had experienced with my health, you know, not getting the answers that they needed, but still feeling the way that they felt. And I actually found there were a lot of people out there in chat rooms and um, asking the same questions, having the same symptoms or similar symptoms I was having. And then I began kind of looking to see some of those people, what research were they doing? What were, what were their alternative means to healing that they found? And researching more of that and then realizing some of that kind of made sense to me and, you know, slowing down, listening to your body, being more grounded and self-aware, taking a step back, trying not to be as stressed, incorporating meditation into my life. Um, I started doing all these things, eating a different way, and I noticed that um, I began to feel better and I wasn't taking any medication. I finally also uh, stumbled upon Louise Hay's company, Hay House, and her book, You Can Heal Your Life, and that book just transformed my life completely. I know exactly what you mean. I have several dog-eared copies of You Can Heal Your Life here in the house, and I've given away other copies to uh, not-so-dog-eared 
to friends and family members. And and Louise Hay is just amazing. I am so grateful she is on this planet, and she's just inspired so many of us and taught us how to look in that mirror and love ourselves and forgive others. So from the books of Louise Hay, your search for answers eventually led you to using your natural healing and empathic abilities and becoming an apprentice in the Healing Touch program. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, um, I think it would be helpful just to explain a little bit about Healing Touch. It's an energy-based therapeutic approach to healing. The goal in Healing Touch is always to help restore harmony in the energy field and to help people self-heal, so to give them the control of self-healing. Uh, we work on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. So someone could have a physical issue. They could have an emotional issue going on. They could have a mental issue, you know, and then obviously a spiritual issue. And people um, from all walks of life come to see us. A lot of people have found it really helpful with pain management, anxiety reduction, uh, wound and fracture healing, autoimmune disorder, grief management, and even um, I worked in a cancer clinic and supporting them during their treatments was doing some healing work that we offered to the community um, on a volunteer basis. Now, we do have also community outreach in North Carolina as well at Wake Med Hospital that I also, we do outreach to the community for free. People can come out and get a healing touch treatment by any of the practitioners there and apprentices there. So um, it's really it's really a great thing. Um, I'm all about it. I'm just so passionate about it because I I finally found a way to, besides the writing, to actually do something out in the field to help people heal. And so I'm working towards uh, becoming a Healing Touch certified practitioner. So my step below that is to become an apprentice. So I've worked for um, actually a little over a year, I think now, graduating from a student. And I am continuing to train and getting my clinical hours so that I can become a practitioner. And I'm just so delighted about it because I'm like, I get to do this work. You know, I get to help people. I get to I get to see them have their aha moments. And it's just so fun. I'll bet. Now, speaking of fun, let's talk color. <laughs> do you remember your first happy experience with color? Was it crayons or blacks? Or- oh, yeah. Um, I loved crayons. I was definitely the kid off in the corner coloring. And I loved all different colors all the time. And um, actually, growing up, my favorite uh, cartoons were the Care Bears and My Little Pony, and and mainly because they used rainbows. Like, there was always all the colors on the spectrum were represented. I mean, the Care Bears, they were little healers themselves using the Care Bear stare and the rainbow to help, you know, overcome darkness and evil. Uh, And so, you know, that's what I remember growing up. And I had all the Care Bears. I especially love myself some Lucky Bear my Little Pony, too, was all kind of had a lot of rainbows and lots of bright colors and stuff. And that was just what I was attracted to as a little girl. And then I would draw pictures of rainbows often, you know, in my pictures and stuff when I was coloring. I just loved all different colors. Rainbows and Care Bears and My Little Pony. Oh, my. I'm not going to say how old I am. But I do go back a little bit farther than that, Sarah, like to the Jetsons and the Flintstones and Johnny Quest and, oh gosh. <laughs> I remember that when my family got our first color television set, it was like, ah, oh, just this wonderful moment. It was like this whole world just opened up, sort of like in the movie The Wizard of Oz, you know, when, when Dorothy steps out of that boring sepia-colored house and into beautiful technicolor munchkin land. It was it was like that. So 
So, yeah, color is a great influence. And as you grew older, Sarah, how did color affect your life? I've always been especially attracted to purple. That's always resonated with me, like, throughout my whole life, from when I can remember being maybe, like, in, uh, you know, in my tween years to uh, all, all to adulthood. I've always liked purple a lot, and I've read a little bit, you know, that purple is a lot of the color of creativity. For the work I do, it's the color of the um, seventh chakra above your head. And it's been with me during my healing journey, you know, um, even if <laughs> during the times it was a little bit darker, a dark purple would still be, you know, make me very happy. But um, it's funny, though, magenta pink just really popped, especially when I started doing the Chakrula comic that I have, uh, writing that and working on that, but also then exploring what if I was able to get out there and actually do energy healing work, uh, which is what I love doing. And then as I began exploring that, it's like magenta. I, I have a magenta pink coat. If, if, people, if people that know me, they know I have magenta pink on my tennis shoes. Um, you know, I have shirts. I wear magenta pink all the time. And that is just a color I am extremely attracted to. So they just make me happy. They're so bright, those colors. And I like the brights of those, the tones of those colors. And it just brings such happiness and delight and excitement in life to me with those colors. So even more so than the basic rainbow primary colors, it just brights are just, you know, what I'm all about right now. You have two very young daughters. What do they think of the color magenta? Do they like it too? My oldest girl, not as much. She, I mean, just lately too, is always reminding me, Mommy, I love purple. Mommy, I love purple. You know, in Frozen, there's the color purple. So, you know, her and her generation, like Frozen, that movie Frozen is their little anthem. But um, she told me she wanted a purple room because of Frozen. But before Frozen really hit, she was always really attracted more so to purple than you know, a lot of times we attribute young girls being attracted to pink. You know, they should have pink and, and baby boys should have blue. But my oldest has never really been a pink girl, a pinky girl. You know, she's been always kind of blues and purple. But especially now, um, purple is just her thing. And then my youngest, she's my pinky girl. And it's funny because she is just, we call her our little puddle of cuddle. Um, she is just a little lover and cuddler. And she's up every night because she needs to make sure we're still there. She exudes love, I mean, just beyond what I've seen in a child. And, and she's just, they're both a delight, but I mean, she's just really is all about that pink. And um, pink just suits her. So, of course, she's got, you know, pink in her room, too. But not as uh, not as magenta. It's more like a soft color. I didn't want to shock her with, like, the magenta pink that I'm into right now, you know. So they both have their color. They both definitely draw towards different colors, even though they're two girls. So it's really fun to watch that. And I want to see if that stays pretty consistent or if they start, you know, inviting other colors into their spectrum and have, you know, new favorites that, that materialize after a few years. So. All right, we have talked about your background, and now we're going forward to a topic that I have never, ever talked about on the radio, and that is comic books. I was reading through some posts one day on the Spiritual Network's website, and I came across one from you, Sarah, about a comic book that you had created. Well, that definitely got my attention because when I was growing up, I spent a lot of my babysitting money on Archie's and Betty and Veronica, Jughead, the Fantastic Four, Batman, Superman, Supergirl. Oh, gosh, I don't know how many others. But anyway, that was back in the 60s during what I understand is often referred to as the Silver Age of comic books. And last year, in 2014, 
over $540 million worth of comics were sold in North America. Wow. And now you have jumped aboard the comic book wagon with your own series about a colorful super healer called Chakrula. Well, it's also the first comic book I have read in about 45 years, and I have to say that I was really, really impressed by the story and the artwork and all that gorgeous, gorgeous color. So, Sarah, who is Sierra Rosario, and when did she first appear in your life? Well, it's funny. Um, I didn't set out really to write a comic book. And if you told me a few years ago that I'd have a comic book, I would say, what? No, no, no. You know, uh, I love how life does, you know, does that to you. But um, I was uh, finishing up writing my novel, Coco's Gift. I have a novel out as well that I self-published. And I just, I, I was actually attending a race in Chicago, a 5K, where it was around Halloween. And my husband had this rainbow-colored uh, mohawk that he was wearing with his costume, and he said that he was Midnight Rainbow. He made up his own kind of superhero. And it just all hit me. I just, I mean, that just got my creative juices flowing, you know. My purple meter was, like, way high that day of creativity. And I just, um, I just said, you know, it would be really cool to have a super healer. You know, somebody that, of course, all superheroes help, and they have these powers and stuff like that. But what if there was a superhero that could actually teach people about the chakras and, and how to use color and to help clear the fields and, and do an energy healing so that we're not just like killing off the villains and hurting them? Because I think there's personally, I feel like there's too much violence in the world. And I used to work at an arcade and seeing some of the video games and stuff like that and the young children and they're playing these games of kicking and stuff. And I just, you know, it's something I just don't really want to expose my children to too much. Like I, I want them to know what reality is, but I just feel like there needs to be more positive influences. There needs to be more um, good things in teaching people about how to, you know, turn things into good. So the whole idea was to have Chakrula, the name came, you know, a little bit later, as a female superhero so that I could kind of relate to her so I could write about her, but also that she was going to be somebody that maybe she stopped something, a crime from happening, but then she was going to look at that villain or that person or that, you know, person that was, wasn't making good choices and say, you know what, you're worth saving, you're worth helping and so she was going to go ahead and and help him through her powers of energy healing that of course were enormous you know and she had these great talent that she could heal him as well or or her and help them then move forward in their life in a better direction to make better choices so I just thought that was a good idea at the time and I got really crazy and wild about writing those episodes I kind of put the novel on hold for a little while and then my husband's just looking at me like what are you doing now oh I thought you're going to focus on this you know so my creative juices were all geared towards that. And then eight series later, um, I finally decided to publish the last one, which is out right now, which is the only one that's published. Um, I also have a children's uh, book that is on the back burner that's designed. I just haven't published it and sent it to the artist yet that's going to create that. So I have all these ideas for Shakrula. It's just um, getting her message out there and then finding the right audience because the comic book world, they've embraced it. They thought it's a unique idea but it's very heavily male-dominated, and also a lot of the comics are pretty gory still, and again, that's what I kind of wanted to get away from. So I'm not a very traditional comic per se, but I was hoping to even attract some people in different realms into the comic book industry by writing the story that I did and creating the character that I did. Well, I certainly didn't have a problem with Chakrila being educational because 
I thought your readers would find it interesting to learn how some of her cool superpowers work, like the astral projection and chakra healing. And what really impressed me about your heroine, Sarah, is that she uses her heart chakra and her healing powers to remove the negativity and transform the bad guy into someone redeemable. So instead of kicking criminal butt with all these action word bubbles popping up here and there, like bam, pow, crash, boom, (laughs) she seems less like an avenging angel to me and more like a loving rehabilitator of light. Was that always your intention? Yes, it was. And I just feel like we need more of that in the world, you know, um, worldwide, you know, just to have more influences and more ideas for how can we take a situation that's maybe troubling, but see the good in it and see the, the that light at the end of the tunnel, like I talk about, you know, and maybe we look at ourselves and find, oh, you know, maybe there are things we should work on in ourselves to attract better things in our world, you know, and, and if somebody's been mean to us, well, maybe they've they've hurt before and maybe they've had an abusive situation growing up and Trying to, I always have tried to put myself in other people's shoes, especially with the background I have, how I grew up, it helped me with a lot of forgiveness um, and helped me self-heal. But also, like, what if there was a comic out there that, yeah, somebody that could do that and could, you know, do that in a really, you know, redeemable way and then maybe even, yeah, teach others how to do that. So that definitely hit the nail on the head. I did want this to be more of like an educational series as well for people. And in case the moral of the story doesn't get the reader's attention, I'll bet Chakrila's costume will. (laughs) I mean, if you didn't know your chakras before, well, let's just say that I think the guys will be really, really appreciative of the fine details your illustrator took to expose those chakras if you get my drift. (laughs) I also noticed that there are several color references in Chakrila, For instance, when Sierra discovers the red line and when Chakrila uses gold energy to clear the space. What do the colors red and gold mean to you? Well, with the healing work that I do and with the chakras, red is our first chakra, which is the root chakra, which is who our family, our financial stability, our stability in our family, our support group, you know, our home. Stuff like that. It's the first chakra actually that develops um, when a baby is born too, um, as our root chakra. And so, like if you you got up and you moved somewhere, you're uprooting yourself from the place to a new place, and then you have to put your roots back down, kind of. So with uh, Riley, they're needing to find her. We use the red line then, you know, to say, symbolize that she had an attachment to her family and she is missing. So it's like following that red line could follow, find their um, these these people's daughter, you know, with the with the series with the story that's going on in that episode. So uh, there was a little bit of you know hidden suggestion for colors, and then the gold energy. I had taken some uh, energy healing classes in Chicago at a place called Envision, um, which was really cool, and they had taught me how to use gold energy for healing sessions and how to fill a room with gold energy to clear it out too. And I'm sure people that maybe are schooled in feng shui and stuff might be familiar with that or or may not. Um, It's it's a different modality. So I use a little bit of that, too, what I had learned in the comic book as well, you know, to kind of teach that that can be done to help clear out, especially in a situation where there's been upsetting emotional things going on or traumas. Because some people can go into a house and feel like the energy feels kind of dull or it feels angry or it's, it's scary. A lot of times that's just stuck energy even in, in our that inhabits in our environments or in our homes, and that can easily be cleared out as well. So 
Uh, not that I don't personally do that work, but, um, you know, you can read more about that and, and find a professional that might do something like that besides just energy healing work on people, um, children, and animals. So, but yeah, I wanted Chuck really to incorporate a lot of different uh, healing modalities and thought processes on healing so people could be a little bit more educated and, and maybe open them up to something new. So what is your intention for the series? Will more criminals be clobbered with color? And most importantly, do you see a Chakrula movie in the future? I have always seen a Chakrula movie in the future. Um, of course, I see that with my my novel, too. But I've always, the way I write is I see things like almost like a movie screen, and then I just interpret them by typing on my computer. And so that's kind of how I download information with how my creativity works. So they usually start out as movies, and of course, that's why I think, oh, this would be a great movie. I hope other people agree. So I, I really hope, though, in the future, Chakrula would be, you know, on the big screen and, and would be, you know, uh, movie worthy, just so that we could spread the message a little bit more and teach people, you know, about the benefits of positivity and that we don't need to kick kick criminal butt or hurt people back just to, you know, get back at people. Um, I think that would be a great message, you know, to put out in the world. And even if just a couple of people go, I'd be a happy, a happy girl that a few people got the message. But for the other series, though, yeah, there are different episodes with uh, different scenarios that follow uh, Sierra's life. And there's actually um, a little bit of a way for people to learn how um, others can actually incorporate the energy of Chakrula. So that's also, uh, those are all on the back burner because I haven't really released any other series yet. So hopefully, though, in, in the near future, you can get another one started and kind of write a little bit more. I also plan to Put a little bit more education in some of the comics as to what the chakras are, what they look like, like a chakra chart. I have one on colormyspirit.com, which is my company's website, where I developed, you know, just a basic chakra chart. So for people that don't know about the chakras, they can see where each energy center on the body, what color it is and what it kind of means for that person and for everybody. And I think that would be really helpful as well, because I have had a lot of people read the first one and be like, you know, I'm not really sure what the chakras are. So, I mean, it's really cool, but I wish I knew a little bit more. So, but those were, so, you know, that plans to be put in a lot of the series uh, moving forward. Well, it sounds like a lot of work, but work that's very gratifying, I'm sure. Sarah, this has been a wonderful and fun interview. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Unfortunately, there's time for only one more question, and that is, if you could choose one color as your super healing power, which color would it be and why? Um, magenta pink. <laughs> no, I definitely though magenta pink. I just it, it just resonates in my life right now. And the reason I would tell you I, you know, would choose it and also Chakrula would tell you is because it's a color that resonates with the fourth chakra. The fourth chakra on the rainbow scale is is actually green, but it's the fourth chakra sits in our heart center. So it's like where our lungs are, where our heart is in the center of our chest. But also pink is the color of love, so it's often attributed to the heart. So a lot of times that chakra can take on a pink color or magenta color and or, you know, the green color. And what I had learned a lot from um, doing some research was if you have your fourth chakra in line, from an energy perspective, if your fourth chakra is healthy and flowing well, that is the main chakra that can put all the other chakras into total alignment. So if you have a healthy fourth chakra, it's going to help the other ones tremendously. And that's the only one that can affect all the other ones in the major chakras. So I, that's why I would choose that color. 
And that's why I would choose that area. And that would be my secret super superhero power. what's happening on the color calendar for June 2015. Larissa Akon is leading a How to See and Understand Colors workshop on Monday, June 1st through Friday, June 5th in Scottsdale, Arizona. Pamela Osley is presenting a workshop called Your Aura Colors on Saturday, June 6th in Fayetteville, Texas. Valerie Logan-Clark is presenting her Color Therapy Level 1 workshop on Saturday, June 6th in Bognor Regis, England. A free Color Therapy Level 1 class will be held on Friday, June 12th in Delhi, India. Also on Friday, June 12th is a Chakra Balancing and Aura Training workshop offered by a precious resource in Lake Norman, North Carolina. On Friday, June 12th through Sunday, June 14th, David Wolf presents a workshop called The Color Cure, What the Colors of Our Food Mean in Rhinebeck, New York. On Saturday, June 13th, Your Heart on Art is offering a Course of a Different Color workshop in Nashville, Tennessee. Jan Dayton hosts a Color for Your Soul workshop on Saturday, June 13th in Ashford, England. An Orosoma and 72 Angels of the Kabbalah Part 1 course is being held on Saturday, June 13th through Tuesday, June 16th in Athens, Greece. Tomado Academy of Sound, Color, and Movement is hosting a Level 1 Practitioner Training course on Sunday, June 14th through Sunday, June 28th in Kiental, Switzerland. Pip Oxlade is leading a Being in Color Level 1 Retreat Weekend on Friday, June 19th through Sunday, June 21st in Hamilton, New Zealand. On Monday, June 22nd through Friday, June 26th, Diane Booth is hosting a Sound and Color Healing Workshop in Melbourne, Australia. Color Me Happy offers a Color for Kitty and Me Workshop on Saturday, June 27th in Bryanston, South Africa. And on Saturday, June 27th and Sunday, June 28th, Amanda Ellis presents her Exploring Colors with Archangel Metatron workshop in Christchurch, England. And that's what's happening on the color calendar for June. If you would like to contact the organizers of the events mentioned on the show today, or if you have a colorful event that you would like to submit for the color calendar, please email your request to AuraHouse at Yahoo.com. Many thanks and rainbow blessings to Sarah Granahan for joining us today. To learn more about her work, please visit ColorMySpirit.com. If you'd like to know more about me, Elaine Marie, please visit my AuraHouse School of Color and Light website at ColorTherapySchool.com. Join the AuraHouse mailing list and receive a free gift my Rainbow Wishes Teleseminar MP3 to learn how to use color for manifesting. And don't forget that Tuesday, June 30th, is the final day to take advantage of the discounted advanced registration price on our new Color Luminary 5th Dimensional Certification Course. To register, visit the direct link at colorluminary.com. 
I'll be back next month with another colorful guest. Until then, no matter how you feel or where on the planet you live, don't forget to stop and enjoy the pretty colors. all around us. It has a profound effect on how we think, feel, and act. A yellow sunshine, blue skies, green grass, red roses. Take away color, and our world would look like this. Color Cares is a 501c3 charity that uses the power of color to positively change lives. Visit our website today to learn more at www.colorcares.org and help us spread happiness in full color.